Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. If you do not have a handout, if you don't have one of these, these are what I passed out several weeks ago, and uh, we're going to continue. I want you to turn to page, what, page number six is where I want you to turn on your handout, okay? So go ahead and turn there. If you do not have a handout, raise your hand. Our guys will get one. We've got several folks that do not have them. So uh, Rolo's grabbing some, and just hold your hand up, and we'll get these out to you. We may need some more help. Do we have two or three more people that can volunteer and help Rolo? If you, yeah, Reynolds, will you jump up and help him real quick, grab some? Let's get these passed out as quick as possible. So while we're passing those out, let me just uh, say uh, welcome to those that are, are Skyping in or however they're videoing in. I think Mary Beth is on from Tennessee, so she's in the service today, Mary Beth. Who else we have on by there? Kristen and Phil and Mary Beth, who? And Mary Beth and her dad are, are Skyped in. Kristen is Skyped. They're from Tennessee. Kristen is in Afghanistan. Phil is, he's still in Kuwait, right? So Phil's in Kuwait. So we welcome all those guys into our service today and got to love technology that we're able to do that and they're able to tap in. Uh, so welcome to all of those individuals that are there. Okay. Also, if you have not already download the Logos Bible software app, I want to encourage you to do that. How many of you guys uh, have the Bible, a Bible on your electronic devices, whether it's your phone or your tablet or your Kindles or whatever that we use today? That's most of us. Uh, I want to encourage you to use, in addition to whatever else you may be using, I want to encourage you to use the Logos Bible software. And the main reason I want you to do that is because whenever we go through Scripture, and my teaching style has changed a little bit as far as how I'm using the screens, everything on the screens that you see behind me and up here, I want to have Scripture up there all the time that we're referencing, that we're talking about. And whenever we put Scripture on the screen, then what it's going to do, if you're using the Logos Bible software app and you're following along with our service, it's going to send a signal directly to you. You push that, it's going to take you right directly to that passage of Scripture. So it's a great way to kind of follow along and be part of that. Uh, so I want to encourage you to, um, to download that, okay? So let me pray for us together here, and then we'll jump right into, um, into our text and into our lesson today. Father, thank you for our time together. We just ask your blessings on this service and thank you for the great fellowship that we've had here really all weekend long. Uh, thank you for the fun time and the laughter that we were able to share yesterday in raising dollars for our church sons. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for that. We pray now that you open our hearts and minds and ears and help us to receive your word today. God, I pray you'd speak to our hearts as we talk about our priorities, as we talk about our relationship with you. And I just pray, Lord, that, that you would finger around in our spirits and finger around in our hearts and reveal areas of our life that maybe we need to work on or maybe some areas we need to surrender to your lordship. And, Father, I just pray if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of salvation for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
I want you to take your workbooks that I've given you and turn to page number six is where we're going to pick up. If you remember two or three weeks ago, uh, we were talking about the whole gist of what Moses was trying to teach us is that we as parents and families are to be instilling the word of God into our families. So the home is a very, very important place. As a matter of fact, it's so important. Uh, that's why I'm spending the second Sunday of every month and speaking on marriage and parenting and the home on that subject throughout this entire year. So we're going to have 12 sermons on that because it's important, an important place for us as Christians, as believers, as Christ followers, that we have our home in order. And, of course, ultimately we know that the church is only as strong as the weakest family, right? Just as a chain is only as strong as the weakest link, the same is true of a church. We're only as strong as our weakest family. So we want to encourage you, by the way, uh, Sunday a week, the second Sunday of, of February, Debbie will be on stage with me, and we will be speaking and sharing together about marriage and parenting and the home. So, uh, so I'm certainly looking forward to that. Today I want to talk to you about this word. Let's say it together. What is it? Priorities. Guys, do you realize that priorities are extremely important in all of our lives? And I want to share a little bit about that and talk briefly about that, how we must prioritize our life. I had Dustin read the passage of Scripture for us, and you can go ahead and turn over to page number 8 and start taking some notes. Um, I'll be at that particular page in just a moment. I want to give a little bit of an introduction before I get there. I had Dustin share with us out of Matthew chapter 6. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture that I've really chosen to live my life by is Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33, where it says to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You know, way back years ago in my early 20s, I just took that verse literally, and I just said, Lord... You've said in your word, if I would seek you first, that all these other things, how you take care of the birds, how you take care of the flowers in the field, and how you manage the stars in the heaven, all these other things that you are controlling and taking care of, that if I would simply just seek you first, then everything will be provided for me in my life, right? All of my needs would be met because I'm serving the Lord. I'm seeking Him first. Now, not necessarily all my wants. Sometimes we get into those selfish, desirable wants. And the Lord has to give us a little check on ourselves, And we've got to get back in alignment. But all of my needs have been met. I remember decisions that I've made all through my life. Most of them, actually all of them, especially major big decisions, have been based off of this verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. All these things will be added unto you. Guys, I made that promise and vow to myself and to the Lord, oh my goodness, 30 years ago. And to this day, I can tell you, there has not been one day or one event in my life where the Lord has not provided for me and my family. Now, I'm not saying life's been easy. And I'm not saying life's been on the mountaintop and everything's been glorious and wonderful. There's been some valleys that we've had to walk through. There's been some difficult places where we've had to go as a family. 
There's been some challenging places where we've even had to go as a church and as a ministry. But here's what I can testify today. The Lord has been faithful. In the book of Psalms, King David said, I once was young and I'm now old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And that just really aligns with what the Lord said in Matthew chapter 6. But I want you to look at the key thing here. But, but do what? Seek first. Not second. Not third. He's talking about our priorities here. What is your number one priority in all of life? And we're in church on Sunday morning. So in church on Sunday morning, it's real easy to say, oh, number one priority is Jesus, right? I mean, that's the right answer always in church, right? But what is your number one priority come Monday? What is your number one priority on Tuesday and Wednesday and every day of the week? What is your number one priority when you're making major decisions for you and your family? What is your number one priority when you're raising your children? What is your number one priority in your marriage relationship? What is your number one priority in every event that transpires in your life? Guys, I'm here to tell you, it's got to be the Lord. It's got to be where we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here's something. I hope you can read this. But let me read it to you. It says, Priorities allow you to walk with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Priorities allow you to walk with confidence through life, knowing that you're going in the right direction. Let that sink in. If I have spent some time sitting down and prioritizing my life, In all the different areas of my life. And I get up every day and I seek those things first. Seek the Lord first. And then all these priorities are in order. It gives me confidence as I'm walking through my day. Right? It gives me confidence knowing that I'm walking in the right direction. That I'm just not wandering in the wilderness. You ask some folks, and talking about the spiritual life... You ask some folks, well, how are things with you and the Lord? Is everything good? Well, I sure, I hope they are. Don't really know. I hope so. You you think you'll go to heaven? I I hope I get to heaven. Listen, you do not have to live a hope-so life. You can know. You can walk with confidence in this life, knowing that you're going in the right direction and that you're finding yourself in the center of God's will. Now, here's what I want you to get. Priorities are not what we say they are. Our priorities are what we do. The greatest intention is worth nothing if we don't carry it out. Right? So we can sit down and we can make a whole list of what our priorities are. And we can come to church and we can talk with each other and we can share with each other. Hey, these are my priorities. But priorities are not just what you say. Priorities are what you do. You're verbalizing your priorities every single day by what you do. So I want you to ask yourself, matter of fact, take a moment right now and just reflect on your own personal life what you actually do every single day.
Now think about it. What am I doing every single day? What I'm doing every single day is telling me and everybody else what my priorities are. Right? Especially you. So we've got to realize that. Now here's three big mistakes. I want to hit these quickly before we get in to the text and the handout that I'm going to give you about priority number one. And that's our relationship with the Lord. Okay? But three big mistakes when setting priorities. Number one. Do not think of, they do, people just simply do not think about their priorities. In other words, I put in parentheses right there that people live their life in reaction mode. Guys, you realize you only get one life to live? You realize you only get one day to live each day? Matter of fact, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee that you'll see 12 noon today. Are you with me? There's no guarantee of that. I want to live intentionally every single moment of every single day i just don't want to float through day through my day and live in reaction mode just reacting to everything that's happening so it's going to require some things of me to walk in my priorities but the first thing is i've got to be intentional and mistake number one is people just don't think about their priorities they don't spend time reflecting them. They don't mark it on their calendar. They don't, they don't build a system or a schedule that works in their life. They just kind of haphazardly just kind of meander through life and just whatever happens, happens, and we just live in reaction mode. Well, I don't think that's being a good steward of our time. Number two mistake is this. People often make their priorities way too complicated. You've got to keep them simple, right? You've all heard the analogy. We've got to kiss it, right? Keep it simple, Silly, right? Be nice. Don't call somebody stupid, right? But we've got to keep it simple, right? Who said stupid over here? Yeah, it was Eldon. <laughs> That's old school talk right there, right? <laughs> but keep it simple. Listen, don't get into your priorities and make a whole list of A's and then prioritize the list of A's with A1, A2, A3, and then B, B1, B2, B3. And I've seen people, as we've had discussions about priorities through the years, and it's so complex, and it's so complicated. You're not going to be able to live that out, right? you got to keep it simple. Mistake number three is where people, they may write out their priorities, but they're not simply living by their priorities. So it's one thing to write them out. It's one thing to have them. It's one thing to, to set them in place. It's something else entirely different to live those out every single day. So I want to encourage you to live these out. So let's talk briefly about how we set how we set our priorities. And all this is just coming into page number eight in your note, priority number one. How do we set them? Real quickly, number one, you've got to consciously set your priorities. I mean, you've got to spend some time reflecting you got to spend some time searching yourself. you got to spend some time searching even Scripture. And hopefully, hopefully and prayerfully, priority number one is your relationship with the Lord. And we're going to go there in just a moment. But what does your calendar look like? Are we setting our priorities even on our calendar? Do we keep them simple and do we keep them focused? That's how we set our priorities. We've got to keep them simple. We've got to live them out. I've already said keep it simple. Here's something I want you to do. Whenever you're living out your priorities, I don't know if you can even read that in the back there. But you need to review what the next day is going to be 
the night before. Now I realize there's going to be the, the unexpected things that are going to pop up. I realize there may be a phone call that can completely change your day. I understand that. But at least you need to think about what tomorrow looks like. You know, I try to do that every night before I go to bed. I reflect and think about what does tomorrow look like for me? What does the next day look like for me? What does this week look like for me? And then it gets to the place where I'm placing them on the calendar to make them happen. Matter of fact, Debbie and I, we sit down every, every evening before we even start the next day. And we synchronize our calendars. What do you got on your calendar for tomorrow and this week? What do you have on your calendar for, mo- for tomorrow and this week? We need to get a date night in somewhere. We need to go for dinner somewhere. We need to do something somewhere. We need to get this scheduled together. We need to plan this and plan that. you got to synchronize it, right? So you got to live those out. Priority number one, here we are in our notes. This is where I want you to go. The number one priority for every single one of us is our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 6.33, but seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not second, not third, not just once a week. Every single day of our life, we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In Deuteronomy 6.6, the scripture says, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. In your heart. So he's writing here to the adults. He's writing here to the parents. Before you can teach your children, and you may say, well, I don't have children, so this doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. Whether you have children or not, we're all responsible for passing our faith to the next generation. We need to be reaching down to the next generation, pouring ourselves into the next generation, because Christianity is one generation away from becoming extinct. Are you with me? So it's our job to do that. But before we can do that, the Word of God has got to be in our heart. It is hot in here, don't you guys think? Are you guys hot? I see several of you guys fanning. I'm fanning. I'm hot. Maybe we can get... Will somebody go out in the Connection Cafe and bring me my baby spoon? There's a baby spoon in that drawer. I don't have a key to these boxes. I don't even. I can't even get to these things. But I have found out I can get a baby spoon and slide it down this thing. And I can maneuver those buttons. Now, don't you do that. You'll get in trouble, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it is kind of warm in here. Maybe we can just turn a fan on or something. I see Dana sweating. I'm sweating, okay? So the words of God have got to be in our heart, okay? As parents, look at your notes. We must cultivate our daily relationship with the Lord. Thank you, sir. Let's see if he's going to use Yes, look at the baby spoon. Are you using a baby spoon? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's heat. we got to get some air going. Turn the fan on. Just turn the fan on. We just need some air moving. There you go. There you go. Got to love the baby spoon, right? All right, so let me give you three ways real quickly to grow in your relationship with the Lord, okay? Now we're going to get some air moving. Let me give you three ways to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Matter of fact, before we actually go there, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2. It's in your notes. It should be on the screen as well. Let's look at this text real quickly. This is where we're going to park today in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. The scripture says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes crave spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. Right? We're to grow up in our salvation. 
Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So what are some ways that we can grow as we make Christ our number one priority in life? As we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then trusting in him to provide everything else that we will need in life. What are some ways that we can grow in our faith? Well, number one is simply this. We must deal with any unconfessed sin in our life. Look what the text says in First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 1. God's word says, therefore, rid yourself of all. And now he's going to list some things. Malice. And all deceit and hypocrisy and evil and slander of every kind. We must search ourselves every single day. And we must ask and pray. And I hope you do this. And this is a prayer that I pray often to the Lord. Lord, convict me. If there's an area in my life, Lord, that you're not pleased with, draw attention to it for me. If, I've, if I'm leaving it unconfessed and you're not pleased with what's going on in my life, convict me. Of that, Because I want to please you. That should be our prayer. As we have a conversation with the Lord, we should be asking the Lord to reveal areas of our heart, maybe that he's not pleased with. And then once he does do that, we need to confess it. So if we have any known sin in our life, we've got to confess that known sin. So we've got to deal with unconfessed sin. Look in your notes. What is malice? Malice is any intentional evil to heart. Do you realize there are folks that are filled with malice today? They're intentionally looking to harm folks. May I hope that's none of us. May we never do that. On the job, in the church, in the community, don't be that person. Deceit, which is trickery or falsehood. Hypocrisy, which is inconsistency in your life. Let's be consistent as a believer in Christ. Let others see Jesus in us on a consistent basis in all different type of situations. May there be no envy. In our life, may there be no evil speaking in our life. So there's a few things you need to understand about sin. Number one, sin separates us from God. Listen, God's a holy God. And he cannot look on sin. And he will not look on sin. And if we've got any unconfessed sin in our life, then we've got to deal with it because sin separates us from God. In Genesis 3, 8. God used to come down and walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. And they had sinned and they went and hid themselves from God because they had sinned. So there's that separation that takes place. Guys, if you have any unconfessed sin in your life, and we're really focused on priority number one, which is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we've got to deal with any of these unconfessed sins. Something else I want you to see, and over on page number nine in your notes, that sin affects all of us. Even the most godly person or people. There's none of us that are exempt from temptation or even sin. Right? Sin impacts even the best of us. The example I gave you in scripture is Exodus chapter 2. And this is Moses. And Moses was fighting the Egyptians or, or working or living among the Egyptians. And he killed a guy and buried him. I'm not going to read the whole text. But then he comes up on these two guys that are fighting and say, Hey, you're going to kill us like you killed the other guy? So you'll see that. Oh, I'm sorry. That sin goes unnoticed is what I want you to see. Sin will not go unnoticed when we're talking about Moses in the illustration there, how he was even called on the carpet for killing the other guy. Whenever we're talking about the godly people can even sin, we're talking about Noah there, how Noah even became drunk. David even sinned, right? 
So we have all these illustrations in Scripture where even godly people sin and none of our sins will ever go unnoticed. Matter of fact, Jesus said the day will come when your sin will be shouted from the rooftops. So if we have, church, I just want to say this, if we have any unconfessed sin in our life, we must confess those sins to the Lord. We must deal with that. Look at the one question I ask you right in the middle of your notes on page number nine. What sins do you need to deal with today? Is the Holy Spirit maybe fingering around in your heart? If so, that's a good thing, right? We want the Holy Spirit of God to finger around in our heart. And if he's putting a finger on something in our life, then I want to encourage you to confess that sin to the Lord today. So not only deal with our sin, deal with our unconfessed sin, but number two way to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And this is important. That we become compassionate and passionate about the Word of God. Man, the Word of God is important in our life. We're spending time in God's Word. We're reading God's Word. We're passionate about the Word of God. Now, guys, for me, as far as I'm concerned, this is the final authority in all of life. This is it. I submit my life to the authority of the Word of God. If you show me chapter and verse that that's mentioned in, in God's word, I'm just going to submit to it because this is the final authority in all of God's in all of life. So we've got to be passionate about the word of God. What are you passionate about? And we have different things that we are passionate about. But I hope and pray that there's nothing that we're more passionate about than studying and reading God's word. Second, first Peter two and two says this like newborn babes. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What are you passionate about? If you would ask the Apostle Paul what he was passionate about, I want you to look at the text I give you in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. You know what Paul said? If you were to ask Paul, Paul, what are you most passionate about? He said, oh, oh, that I may know him, Jesus, in the power of his resurrection And in the fellowship of his suffering, Paul was passionate about his intimate relationship with the Lord. And he wanted to know about Christ and the power of his resurrection. That word power, the Greek word is dunamis. You know what dunamis, we get our English word from? Dunamis, it's the English word dynamite. Powerful. And Paul said, I have a passion that I may know about the power that Christ has on Resurrection Day. I want to know what that power is. I'm passionate about that. And I want to have fellowship with the Lord. Are you passionate about knowing Christ? Are you passionate about knowing the Word of God and studying and reading that? Then in Psalm 1 and 2. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Turn your page real quickly. Let me give you a few things that help you be passionate about God's word. Number one is simply reading God's word. We need to be systematically reading the word of God every single day, right? Because we want to. We need to read God's word. Now, me personally, because I spend a lot of time studying God's Word and preparing messages and lessons and different things, I have a completely different Bible that I use for my daily reading. Matter of fact, I keep it in my Tahoe because I'm in the Tahoe just about every single day, so I keep it right there. If not, I use it on my phone. But I use the Message Paraphrase Bible. And it's just a paraphrase. 
I don't use it as my study Bible, but I like to use it because it keeps me in just the reading mode. And I like to read that. Somebody was showing me the other day. Who, who was showing me the other day that? Yeah, Scott and Lexi were showing me the other day their Bible that they're using also for that. We need to have, use whatever Bible you want to use. But for me, I've got to get a different Bible than my study Bible. So I like to have another Bible that I can just read the stories in God's Word. And just systematically, every single day, just read God's Word. So we need to be doing that, have some type of daily reading. But then it needs to go further than just seeing the Word of God and reading the Word of God. We need to listen to God's Word. So when God is speaking to us, and by the way, guys, do you realize the number one way that God speaks to you? You know how it is? Through His Word. Right? He spent a lot of time, a lot of effort in getting these individuals to pen the Word of God, their Holy Spirit, inspired, infallible, inerrant. It's the Word, the living, breathing Word of God we have written down for us. It's the number one way that God speaks to us. So we need to listen to it. So as we're reading God's Word, we need to listen to God's Word. Psalm 40 and verse 6 says, My ears you have opened. Revelation 2, 7, He who has an ear, let him hear. So we need to be listening to God's Word. It's not enough to just read it. We've got to listen to it. We've got to hear what it says. And then we need to submit to it. And the third way is simply just memorizing Scripture. Now we do this on Wednesday night, every Wednesday night with our kids in Awana. But you know, God's Memorizing scripture is just not for Awana kids. It's for every single one of us. And the best way, let me tell you the very best way to memorize scripture. For me, I have found in all my years of reading and trying to memorize scripture, as I'm going through an event, as I'm going through something in my life, I'm searching for scripture that is speak to that something that I'm going through. Whether it's a decision that I make, a valley that I'm walking through, a joyful time that I'm having on the spiritual mountaintop, whatever the case may be, I'll look for a passage of Scripture that speaks to that event that I'm walking through at that particular time. That's a great way to memorize Scripture. As you're walking through it, it may be a major sickness in your family or your loved one or maybe even yourself. Find a passage of Scripture that you can hold on to and quote that and memorize that, and you'll find that year after year after year of memorizing in a verse of scripture, you're going to have more and more memorized. You're going to have the word of God hidden in your heart. It's going to be easier to walk in the ways of the Lord because you've got God's word hidden in your heart. Okay, so memorizing scripture is very important. Let me tell you the third way that we can grow in our relationship with the Lord. And we're talking about priority number one, growing in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one way we talked about is dealing with unconfessed sin, right? The second way we talked about is becoming passionate about his word. Number three, have you ever stopped just to acknowledge the goodness of the Lord? Guys, you realize God is good? He's a good God? I mean, I look at my life, and I look at the ministry here at Victory Church, and I look at how God has blessed me and, and my family, and he's a good God. He's been good to me. He's been so good to me. And I've been so undeserving of every good thing that he's given me. But I acknowledge the goodness of the Lord. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from who? From the Lord. From above, it says in Scripture. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So we need to acknowledge that. Acknowledge the goodness of the Lord in our life. 1 Peter 2, in verse number 3, says, Now that you have tasted that the Lord is... It's good. Man, I like that. He's 
a good God. Look in Psalm 25 and verse 8. It says, the Lord is good and does what is right. Look at the next sentence I have in your notes. If we would just concentrate and focus on the goodness of the Lord in our life, the more tasteless the things of the world would become. Whenever you have a believer that's dibble-dabbling in the sins and the things of the world, and they, they almost, it's like they're living for those things. You know what they've forgotten? They've forgotten how good God is. Right? That's one of the reasons I think that keeping a journal or at least writing down some thoughts and writing down some things, however that looks like in your life, I think that's important. Because we need to have those moments where we can go back and we can see in our life how God has moved and how he's worked in our life. And we can see his hand in our life and we can see the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 34, 8, bottom of the page 10, taste and see that the Lord is good. So let me finish with this thought. Go, if you will, to the top of page number 11. Here's a summary sentence that I want you to get. The more you taste the goodness of the Lord, the easier it is, or easier it becomes, to get rid of sin in your life and to become passionate for God's Word. God's our number one priority in all of life is our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to ask a question as the band comes. How is your relationship with the Lord? And then, how is your fellowship with the Lord? Are things where they need to be? Have you tasted and remembered and reflected on the goodness of God in your life? The more you do that, the more you cultivate that relationship with the Lord... The more you think on his goodness in your life, the easier it's going to be for you to reject sin in your life when that temptation comes. The easier it's going to become for you to be more passionate about the word of God. So how are things with you and the Lord? Is Christ your number one priority? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33 ought to be a verse of scripture you should memorize. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Depending on which translation you memorize. They all say about the same thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. In every decision you make, you should be seeking first the kingdom of God. And everything that you do, you should be seeking first the kingdom of God. And guys, you want to live a blessed life? You live Matthew 6.33. You just start today and say, you know what, God? Today, I'm living in this verse. Matthew 6.33 is going to be my verse that I'm living in. And this verse is going to carry weight in every decision that I make. Everything that I'm involved in, I'm going to run it through the filter of Matthew 6.33. Is this God's will for me? Am I seeking God's direction in my life? Am I seeking Him first in my life?
I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye closed. I just want to pray with you this morning. And my prayer is that we all live in Matthew 6.33. My prayer is that we all become passionate about the Word of God. That we deal with any unconfessed sin in our life. That we remember the goodness of God and what a great God He is. Father, as we just reflect now on our life, help us first and foremost to place you in the number one spot in our life. Our relationship with you must be first. Before our relationship with our spouse, before our relationship with our children, before our careers that we have the very first spot in our life is our personal relationship with you help us to block out time in our calendar each day to spend with you help us to focus our life around Matthew 6.33 to where we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these other things will be added into us. When we do that, we're then going to reflect on the goodness of God, which is going to cause us to confess any unrepented sin in our life. And it's going to drive us to be passionate about your word and living that out every single day. Father, if there's one here today that that maybe right now just needs to pray and ask you to be and take the number one spot in their life, we want to pray with that individual today. Maybe it's all of us. We just need to recommit to you being the number one priority in all of our life. Father, right now, we pray you forgive us because second place won't cut it with you. You will not compete for the number one position. You're either there or you're not. Father, right now we pray you search our hearts. And those sins, those areas in our life that you've convicted us of, that you've brought to our attention, we repent of those today. And we place you in that number one spot in our life. Help us, Lord, to live for you cultivate that relationship with you to grow in our faith to spend more time in your word to be more passionate about your word to deal with any unconfessed sin and to reflect on the goodness of God in our life Lord we thank you we love you, we praise you have your will and way in all of our hearts bless each and every one that's here today and every family represented in Jesus name we pray All God's people said, amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call.
call or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.